2: Hello sports fans and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. I'm here again today with my friend Dave DiPaolo, a sports historian and particularly a historian on the history of the Dallas Cowboys. Dave is a couple years older than me so he started uh, watching the Cowboys uh, in the 60s. I started around 1969 or so, and today we're going to go over the draft picks. The uh, go all the way back to the beginning of the the draft picks that the Dallas Cowboys have had over the years. And uh, I think one thing to point out to our listeners, Dave, is uh, how far ahead. The Cowboys were of the rest of the NFL with regards to draft draft picks. Um, You're right. It really wasn't it wasn't really That's until right. uh, around the late '70s, early '80s, that the other teams finally caught up with them. And uh, you know, the, they had 20 winning seasons in a row from 1966 to 1985. I believe. And a big part of the reason for that was uh, the draft picks. They were always ahead of everyone else on the, on the draft picks. Yep. Um, so, well, one team that did, the, I think the team that finally caught up to them, who also had a great uh, scout, was the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had a guy named Bill Nunn, they called him Super Scout, Super Scout Bill Nunn. And he kind of started doing the same thing that the Cowboys were doing, going to these obscure colleges and picking out uh, all these great athletes. So uh, I'll let you start it off, Dave.
3: You know, Mark, you 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 hit it right on the head, Mark. They were ahead of their time. They 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 they. You, I looked at the first like six years of the draft, roughly from 1961, because they didn't draft in 1960. Well, their team was right. their team was made up of castoffs from other from other yeah. teams. You know, I think each team had to give up three or four players, and they were of yeah. course they weren't good players. They were just players that those teams didn't want, and so their team wasn't they, that they, good, you know. right?
2: All the players that were that had bad knees and were at the
3: end of their career, right? Right, or maybe you know, malcontents, guys that were disgusted with the team, so they right. you know they went to another team. But um, as I looked through these early drafts, I noticed that in through in night from 1961 through 1964, which is you know four or five years there. They had a lot of years with no choice. Like in 1962, for example, seven no picks. So in 62, out of the 20 draft picks, seven of them they didn't pick at all. They had no choice because what they were trying to do was they were trying to gather players from other teams, established players, to mix them in with the young players they were getting out of the draft. So in the first four years, they had four, seven, 11 16, 19 pick no picks at all. And so that, I found uh-huh. that to be very interesting. I forgot about that. You know, you forget, you can only retain so much information, but when you start looking back, you realize that was Landry's way of picking. They tried to pick up guys like Buddy Dial or or this uh-huh. guy or that guy, and they ended up trading picks away for these guys. That's what happened.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. That, that was uh- – First few years,
3: right? Yes, I see. Even one of the picks, uh, one of the picks, Mark was the fifth pick in the nineteen sixty-two draft. They traded the pick away for Dick Nolan. Imagine that. Oh, yeah, Dick. He was defensive back, right? Yes, he must have still been defensive. playing at that point. Yeah. And then yeah. Later, later on, he was coaching the 49ers against the Cowboys right. in those those playoff games, and then he became a Cowboy coach later on. That's right.
2: I think, yeah, I think you're right. He played for them for a couple of years. Then I think he was an assistant for a couple of years. Then he went to 49ers, and then he eventually came back to the Cowboys again as an assistant.
3: And then, I don't know if you remember this, Mark, he came back again in 1989 when, when Jimmy Johnson took the team over. They brought Dick Nolan in for some reason, and when Tom Landry went into the Hall of Fame that year, Dick Nolan was there, and I talked with him. He was he was there, and he said he started talking about the guys that they had in training camp. Terrence Flagler. It was a running back they picked up from the. And he was talking about all these different guys they had. And I'm thinking to myself, they brought this guy back. I don't know how many years he was gone, but I was I was actually surprised. I'd forgotten about that he was even there on that team in '89.
2: Yeah, I didn't I didn't uh, remember that. <laughs>
3: If you want to look at that first pick in, in sixty one, where everybody knows that that was Bob Lilly, he was actually the he was actually the second. They had it to pick before Lilly, but they traded it away for Eddie LeBaron. So the first pick uh-huh. that they actually got in was Bob Lilly, but he was actually right. considered one B. Okay, you know.
2: Then who else was in that? Was there anyone else uh, noteworthy there, in that? There-
3: There, you know what? They're really well. There was a guy, Billy Shaw. You remember him? I think his son ended up playing with the Cowboys, didn't he? Was he? I think he was a
2: Buffalo, right?
3: Yes. Yep. But what happened was he went to the. Don't forget, Mark. This was they were battling with the AFL for players back then, and so some of these guys never signed with the Cowboys, like EJ Holub, who went to go play with the. With the Chiefs? He was the Cowboys' second pick after Lilly. And then he never played with them. And they were still the Dallas Texans, right? Correct. Exactly right. Exactly right. And and
2: Billy Billy Shaw signed with uh, Buffalo Bill.
3: That's right. Exactly. But I'm looking over the other Mm -hmm. names. Nobody, nobody, I, uh, well, actually, no. Remember, there was two Talbert brothers Dyron Talbert and Don Talbert. And Don Talbert got drafted. He was drafted in this draft with the – he was the eighth pick in that first draft that they had. Right. Other than that – He was an offensive lineman, right? Yes. Other than that, Mark, no no recognizable names um, from that first draft, other than Lily. We know how he turned out. We've talked about Lily, uh, you know. (laughs) They would have had
2: two. They would have had two other great players, if it wasn't for the AFL. Yes, Billy Shaw. Billy Shaw's a Hall of Famer.
3: Yes, exactly.
2: Billy Shaw's Hall of Famer. Okay, you want to go to nineteen sixty-two?
3: In sixty-two, Mark, they picked up George Andre in the sixth round, which jumps off the. If you're looking at the, the and the first, uh, they actually gave away a choice for Lily. So they must have moved up, and they gave away their first pick in the '62 draft. Okay, but then they uh-huh. they drafted Sonny Gibbs. He was another quarterback out of TCU, right. the sa- same same uh, same college that Lilly went to. And right, and uh, they gave up a third pick. Their third pick they had given that choice away for Don Meredith. So they were giving away, like wow. I said, they were giving away picks to try to get some you know established players or really good players. Like Meredith coming out of SMU, he was highly he was highly uh, you know touted.
2: Yeah, well, George Andre was a good pick.
3: George Andre, uh, you know, if you don't, you forget how these guys. But I look back at his career when we did that uh, podcast on the on the uh, hundred greatest players. I started looking at George Andre, and you could he's he'd be in the hall of very good a couple if he was with the Cowboys yeah. a couple of more seasons, he, his sack totals were very good back for back then they, right. they really were
2: he was a tremendous uh, defensive end
3: yeah i would i think he <laughs> played didn't he play basketball as well
2: i believe so yeah
3: yeah yeah he was out of, he was out of marquette i believe um the 63 draft mark jumps off the jumps off the page because uh, you had three Hall of Famers in that draft, believe it or not. You had Bob Hayes and people who go on these uh, podcasts and talk about Bob Hayes shouldn't be in the should have their head examined. Okay, they 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 don't know what, they're about, they're not know what they're talking about as far as football goes because maybe his I mean his, his some of his numbers are still very good to this day. His his uh, average per catch, his his touchdown totals, but the guy completely revolutionized the game of football. And these guys say, "Oh, Bob Hayes." He, He's, sometimes you see these lists, guys that shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. He's on a few of those lists. Those people are nuts. Yeah. Uh, you, had, yeah right. you had Hayes, you had uh Mel Renfro, who, right. who was re, he was kind of a double duty player back then. You didn't see he was playing offense and defense, like a, almost like a, a, a Deion That's Sanders before Deion Sanders. That's right. And you had Roger Staubach, Mark, taken in the 10th round, oh. Staubach. Yeah.
2: Well, you have two guys there that were uh, risky picks because Hayes went to the 64 Olympics. Right. He didn't start playing till 65, right?
3: That's right. He didn't
2: play the Cowboys till 65 and Storback still had, oh, he still had what? Four or five years left in the Navy. So it was a risky pick.
3: I, I, yeah, I was hey. Staubach's first year, Mark sixty nine. I always forget that. Was it, I yeah. think sixty nine? Sixty nine.
2: Yep. Okay. Sixty nine was his first season.
3: So, if he got drafted in sixty three, yeah, 63. yeah. Say, he, 63. say he came in for that. Yeah, say he came in for that sixty three season. You know, Landry never played these rookie quarterbacks. but he was always a big believer. Two, three years on the bench. That was his. That was right. his. They couldn't get that out of his head. So yeah. somewhere around 66, Staubach would have started. And those were the years that they started to get good, really. 65, I think they were 500. And in 66, they went to the championship game against the Packers. You know? Right.
2: Yeah, but uh, both of those, Hayes and uh, Staubach, they were – that. that's what I was talking about with – you know, they would, they would take risks and uh, – they would go to these obscure colleges. No, nobody really even knew. You know, Staubach had five five years left of naval commitment.
3: Yes. So Yes. And
2: that was he's to the Olympics. so yes. they weren't even sure he was going to play football.
3: That was the '64 draft. My mistake, '64. But well, I'm looking. I was right. looking to see if there were any other notables in that draft in '64. And okay. you you did have. Uh, Well, they had Billy Lothridge. He was another quarter. They were really stocking up on quarterbacks. Think about it. They had Eddie LeBaron. They had Meredith. They had Sonny Gibbs. They had Billy Lothridge. Some of these guys, they must have let go. They they couldn't have. They had all of them, you know? Yeah. And by the way, they had Jerry Rome. Jerry Rome got drafted in 64. He He was their 13th round pick out of Tulsa. So that, that's five guys we just mentioned right there. Right. Not mentioning, not even counting Starback. We didn't even mention him. Throw him in the mix. That's right. So maybe Landry was getting crazy back there. I don't know what he was thinking, but, I mean, that was, you know.
2: 63 was the year Staubach won the Heisman Trophy,
3: right? Yes, that's why I got a little mixed up. He was a junior. You're correct. Yeah. Yes. But 63, yeah. they did have a one good draft pick. Uh, I was looking at this, and that was Leroy Jordan in the first round. Oh, yeah. That's yep. a very good pick. How about that? In Alabama, right? Yep. Played for Bear Bryant, right? Yep. Called him one of the best players he ever coached. That's he right. said he was perfect. He never out of position, tackling form, perfect. Yeah.
2: Very smart player. And he wasn't, wasn't a big guy. No. Back,
3: no, they he got was, him here he listed at 210. at 210. He was probably at his peak 225 tops. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was tough. Yeah. He was he was a, he was a very good player. if we go to 1965 Mark, to make it even crazier, okay? We just got done talking about all these quarterbacks. 1965 first pick out of California. Greg Greg Morton. Another quarterback. <laughs>
2: Yeah, they were stocking
3: up. <laughs> you know, I I don't know. I never got your feelings on on Morton, but Craig Morton. I mean, Landry loved Craig Morton. He just loved him. He he, he Even after Morton hurt his shoulder, to me, he was never the same. Yeah. But he he stuck with him, Mark. He he. You know, I think Morton. I'm not. You can't blame one guy for a, for a loss. But he had a major, major part of that loss to the Colts in Super Bowl Five.
2: Yeah, well, the, the two games before that, he didn't well. The Lions, I oh, think dear. he had four completions <laughs> against the Lions, and then the 49ers he didn't play well. But you could, t- I mean, you could tell that you know his shoulder wasn't right, so it's hard to hard to. Uh, explain why Landry kept sticking with them. But their running game was so good that they, in spite of the fact that Morton wasn't playing well, they kept winning because their defense was tremendous and their running game was tops in the league. They had Garrison, they had Hill, they had Dwayne Thomas.
3: So no, you're, 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 right. You're, you're right, Mark. They had uh you know, the funny thing about Morton was that he was a bigger guy than you think. You forget. He was six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds. You know, yeah. that was big for a quarterback back then, very big actually. But he yeah. uh he did have a very good arm, but he just uh that Super Bowl, those two late interceptions. If you told somebody today, Okay, if you started talking to somebody and you told a guy uh, that a starting quarterback had four completions in a playoff game, he laughed you out of the room.
2: Yeah, and they still won the game.
3: <laughs> yeah, is that, that, it was insane, Mark. Me and my buddies, a couple guys that come over, they're, they're 49ers. We talk about that, Craig. When somebody has a bad game today, quarterback, they always say, "Oh." It's just like Craig Morton. They're not even cowboy fans. They talk about the Craig Morton game against the Lions, five to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like they drafted Morton more. in 65. I mean, and they already had, I mean, you know, Starback wasn't there yet. He didn't come until 69. But I mean, uh, they had Meredith in the fold. And 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 you know, Meredith retired prematurely, really, if you think about it. He could have played another four four more years, I bet you.
2: Yeah, he only played nine seasons.
3: Yep. Um, You probably heard the story that Lance Rensel told one time about they went into a restaurant after one of those games against the Browns. I don't know if it was 68 or 60. I can't remember which game it was, but... It was one of those two playoff losses against the Browns. They went into and the people got up in the restaurant and they they stood up and they started booing him. And I think that yeah. I think that's what kind of led to his. Uh, I saw an interview with him once and he was saying, you know, the people didn't understand. You know, he goes, you go out there and you give everything you got, and then they just right. whammy, they hit you with the booze, and and he goes, but you don't understand, people. He was saying, I I really felt bad for the guy.
2: Yeah. What year did you say uh Renfro was
3: 64? Renfro came in in 64. He returned kicks, he returned bunts. He played a little offense and he was he he, he was an all he was he was all pro, he was a pro bowl player for his first 10 years. His first 10 years in the league. Yeah. He was in the That was when the pro bowl meant something, too. That's right. I I think he could play uh
2: Corner and safety, equally well. They used them at both, and they used them at. I think uh, Dan Reeves got injured. They put him at running back.
3: Yes. Yeah. Oh, a tremendous athlete. He was great, and uh, his induction to the to the Football Hall of Fame should have come a lot sooner than it did. Oh
2: yeah, they made him wait forever. I don't know what. I don't know what that was about because, like you said, 10 in a row, 10 Pro Bowls in a row.
3: Yeah, he was phenomenal. In 66, Mark, they had a – I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mark.
2: Did you you miss uh, what year –
3: was he a free agent? Maybe he was a free agent. Cornell Green. Cornell Green was a free agent, but he came in around that time. You're Correct he was a free agent out of utah and he played basketball never even played football he was a basketball player and that goes back that goes back to what you were saying earlier about them going and not just going to small colleges but finding these guys that played other sports and they drafted people don't even know this a lot of people they drafted uh, pat riley who eventually played for the lakers and coached the lakers he, he was a draft pick from the Cowboys. People don't even people forget about that.
2: I was I was always fascinated by the Cornell Green story. Free Cornell? agent.
3: You're right. You're right, Mark. Like You're right. Said,
2: never played a down of football. <laughs> no nope. basketball player. Yep. And uh, those are the kind of guys they they never drafted by position. They. They didn't even care if you never played football. They went and looked, watched him play basketball, and they said, This guy's a great athlete. And uh, next thing you know, he's getting a tryout.
3: He was phenomenal. Um Yeah. You could you could make a I mean, he was a big guy, Mark, too. I don't know if you remember that. Yep. Yes, he was. They got him listed at six foot three. Um, I uh-huh. mean that that was tall for 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 somebody in the secondary back then. Yeah, it was. And he had a very he, yeah. He played from sixty two. He came in. It he came in in sixty two. Mark. He played from sixty two to seventy four. He had thirty four career interceptions, and uh, he had a couple of touchdowns, and he had almost six hundred yards in in return yardage, and. Uh, he was a very very good all-around player. He was a look, he was a two-time All-Pro. I Meaning he was the best in his position for 2 years and he and he was a five-time Pro bowler. You know, yeah, he was a, tremendous. A, a guy that was never drafted. That, that's nothing to sneeze at. No. You know? You know?
2: And never even played football.
3: No, so you're right. Yes. Him and Renfro were back there together for, oh, for quite a long time. That's right. Uh, let me go see here, Mark. In 66, they drafted John Nyland in the first round out of Iowa. That was a good pick, huh? Very good pick. Okay. Willie Towns was, he was good, but he was his career was short with the Cowboys. Do you know, Mark, Was he? did he get hurt? The first- Defensive end, right? Correct. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm not sure if I
2: have the right guy, but I think it may have had a weight problem. I remember they had a guy on defense that had a hard time
3: keeping his weight down. Really? So I'm not sure if that was him. Yeah. It may have been him. You, you could be right about Didn't they have? I think they had a thing at training uh, camp called the Fat Man's Table that's right and they uh, <laughs> <eat>. <laughs> they they
2: gave him salad to eat while everyone else was eating steak
3: yeah <laughs> they uh, they saw him here at 260 pounds but some of these t- things are sometimes they're you know kind of being a little polite about that yeah. but he he only played four years with the uh, with the Cowboys. he had look he had he had 18 and a half sacks. You know, yeah. that's not bad for the he had a big play in the ice game, didn't he? That's
2: right, he played very well against the Packers. Correct? Yeah, both of those uh both of those championship games against the Packers, he played very well.
3: Yes. Um he either forced a fumble or picked up a fumble. Um I think in the ice game. I think George Andre, I'm not sure if he ran it in. But Towns had a big hand, and both he had two. Very, you're, you're right, two very good games against in those championship games. Um yeah. And then in the fifth round in '66, they drafted Walt Garrison. Yeah, that that's was a, another. Big pick. That was a great pick, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they. These guys. Yeah, they gave him a signing bonus. As a, they gave him a horse trailer. That's right. Right. <laughs>
2: His rodeo. His he was doing the rodeo. That's what Landry didn't like. That.
3: No. No. Remember Les? Then they also picked up two other. uh, They picked up um, two more running backs late in that draft in '66. Les Shy and Craig Bainum.
2: Les Shy, I think, was number twenty-five.
3: Yes, he was. Yep. Bainum. Yeah. Yeah, he was at a Long Beach State. Les Shy. And, um, look, they, they were accumulating a pretty good backfield. They already had Don Perkins, and they already had uh, Dan Reeves, I believe, at that point. Right.
2: What year was Jethro P? You
3: know, they had a couple of more guys. And in 67, they had probably the most – well, they I, I don't know the exact word they used, but they gave up more for this player – than any other player that they ever had, the Cowboys. That included Tony Dorsett, and it was Ralph Neely. I never knew this. I never knew this complete story until I started looking into it. But they picked up. Oh, yeah, they picked the up Ralph. AFL one, yes, exactly. They had a battle with the AFL over Ralph Neely. That's Right. Yep. What what ended up happening, Mark? Um. So in 1966, um, they didn't have a choice. They they gave up a choice. They gave up a fourth-round pick to the Baltimore Colts for the rights of Ralph Neely. I'm not sure what that meant, but the Colts drafted him and the Oilers drafted him. And don't forget, the Colts were in the NFL at that time. Yeah, Houston Oilers drafted him in the AFL. So when when it cycled around for for Neely for his time to play in 67. The Cowboys gave up three or four more choices to get Ralph, Ralph wow. Neely. had Ralph Neely had signed with the Oilers. This is how bizarre it is. Gave his signing yes. gave a signing bonus back and gave his, cool. uh, got the contract. He gave the contract back. The Cowboys gave up three or four draft choices. I could tell you in a minute what exactly. I think it was four picks. And they had to pay all the court costs. For the court fees, for the they went to court against the uh, Oilers. And Neely, before he moved, but Neely was initially a right tackle, and before he moved over to left tackle, he had he was a four time All Pro player at right tackle. Right, and he was an he was a member of the All Decade nineteen sixties team. I forgot about that, Ralph. Neely, that's how good he was. He went to yeah. switch at left left tackle when Rayfield Wright came in. He was not quite yep. as effective at left tackle, but he was still very, very good. So, yeah, th- they gave up more for Ralph Neely than any player in Cowboy history, if you could believe that. Wow. Well, that's how
2: serious that AFL and NFL war was.
3: Yep, they gave up Mark. So what about? Go ahead.
2: What about Jethro Pugh? What year was he?
3: Jethro Pugh out of Elizabeth City. That was a small. That was a tiny little college, up up in uh, in the Carolinas, I think.
2: Yeah, that's another example Uh, of what we're talking about.
3: I'm gonna look that. Jethro Pugh was right around this time. I think I want to say was he was a very late pick, Mark. Um, Uh he he wasn't a free agent. Um, he was he he was. He came out of Elizabeth City State, and I think his first year was 65. So he, they drafted him in 65. I'm not sure the exact position, but I can tell you in a minute. Jethro Pugh was a tw- 11th-round pick. Mm-hmm. 11th-round draft. Let me tell you something. Jethro Pugh was extremely Ooh. underrated, Mark. I don't got to tell you that. Really? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Tremendous player.
3: This guy was overshadowed by, well, he had, there was a lot yeah. of good guys around, Lily being the being playing right next to him. But um, Jethro Pugh had a lot of success. I looked at a recent video where this guy, I think his name is The Logical Cowboy, if you look him up. He, he's got a lot of uh-huh. really, he puts together a lot of very good videos. He spends a lot of time on him. Yeah. There's a lot of homework that goes into him. And he had Jethro Pugh, and he gave his sack totals. And you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't believe that his sack totals were rivaling any; they were rivaling and better than just about any guy that's ever played the game. Mark Jethro Pugh. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. I did. I didn't write it down, but I watched that video. Oh, that was well a result of that. That having Lily next to him helped. You, you know that, right? But he was still very good and he had a very long career. I think his last year was when the Cowboys played the Broncos in the Super Bowls. He was still around for that.
2: I think he was still around for the uh, Pittsburgh game? The Pittsburgh Pittsburgh. Super Bowl.
3: Unbelievable. Bowl
2: 13, I think Unbelievable. that was his last game.
3: You're correct.
2: Yeah. And then he got, then in his later years, he got overshadowed by. The other guys, Ray and uh, Harvey Martin and Ed Tuttle Jones. Yes. So he, you're right. He was always overshadowed by somebody, but he was a tremendous player.
3: He was a great player. He had a little store in the uh, in the Dallas airport, the DFW airport. He had a, one of these uh, stores where he sold a lot of Cowboys merchandise. I never caught him in there, but every time I would go to the airport, I would always check in there to see if he was there. But he owned that little shop in there, and sometimes he was in there. I was told by other people yeah. that they had met him in there. Yes, Uh-huh. Jethro Pugh. Great. That was a great. That was a great thing you just mentioned because we I missed that on the '65 draft. You're right, Jethro Pugh. Yes,
2: sir. Um, what about? Uh... Larry Cole
3: is he a free agent? Phenomenal out of, out of Hawaii. Larry Cole, yeah. you know he he might have been Mark a free. i had to look him. He might have been a free agent. Um, you know they just Lily talked about him as being just um a real steady guy. Uh, you know a real strong guy. And Larry Cole, you know Mark as well as anybody, he could play either of those positions. Yep, equally Right, well. Larry That's Cole, right.
2: defensive end, defensive tackle.
3: I but didn't get him his book yet. On that line. Yes, exactly. He was. He was yeah, a. Right. He was a sixty-eight. He came in in sixty-eight. Mark. Um, uh-huh. And you're not going to believe it. Well, maybe you will believe it. Sixteenth round pick. Yeah. 6 yeah. 16th round pick. Amazing. And I, I think he was the first player ever taken out of Hawaii in the NFL. Yeah. Not just the Cowboys, the the yeah. NFL. I'm pretty yeah, that's, yeah. that's I'm pretty sure of that.
2: It's amazing how they would find these guys.
3: No, it really Gil was Gil Brandt, right? That's right.
2: You got to give credit to to uh, Gil Brandt he was the scout, the main scout, right? Gil Brandt.
3: He really was. He came over. He came over when uh, when Tex Ram came over from the Ram. Tex Ram worked for the Rams at one point. Yep. And then and Gil Brandt, he knew him. He was taking baby pictures. He was a baby photographer. And he, and he, and he, uh, <laughs> and he ended up, he comes to the Cowboys and he goes out. And he starts, he was very good at getting, he was very good at working the players over and, and working over their families. That's what they said. Gil Brandt was very yeah. good at that. He was a real smoozer, so to speak.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, I, I just. Would find these.
2: Yeah. You he know? would find all these obscure colleges and these players no one ever heard of. No. Jethro Pugh, Larry Blow.
3: That's right. <laughs> Sixty-seven, Mark, is the year I told you they drafted Pat Riley, who never played with the Cowboys, but they did it. The, the whole rest of the draft is pretty unrecognizable, except for one guy taken in the seventh round, nineteen sixty-seven. Rayfield, Rayfield, right, Mark, Rayfield. Mark knows, yeah.
2: tight end, right. Started out as a tight end, tremendous. Number eighty-five. That's right. Number 85, tight end.
3: Yep. Yep. Tremendous. And, you know, it's funny, as you look at these drafts, they kind of went into a lull here. I look at 67 and 68 between those two drafts. Really, uh, I take it back, 68, two starters they got out of that draft. They got Blaine Nye out of Stanford. Oh, yeah. Yep. And Didi Lewis. Out of Mississippi State. Yeah.
2: Those are two big picks.
3: They got a lot of mileage out of D.D. Lewis. He, at one time, he was he held the record for in the most playoff games. That's right. Most playoff game. I think 25 yeah. or 26 games. Yep. Yeah.
2: Another very steady player.
3: Blaine Nye. Another, another very good Offensive lineman. That offensive line was very good. They had Manders, Neely, Nye, Wright, and, uh, and Lissio, the, the early part. But then they, you know. That's right. He he was the guy who said that uh, that uh, the guy who punched Staubach, what was his name? Uh, Clint, uh, uh, the quarterback. Clinton Longley. Clinton Longley. He yeah, said in the Longley. Thanksgiving Day game that he had that big success. And Blaine Knight called. A, 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 he said it was a a, a a victory or a product of the uncluttered mind. He said he just went in there and threw the ball around. <laughs> yeah, sixty-nine. Said those Good quotes. Oh, he was good. He was a smart guy. Was well, out of Stanford, right? You know.
2: Yeah, to become a professor, I think. Imagine that. Very smart. Uh, yeah. Solid, solid offensive. line. Yeah. A guard. Guard.
3: Yeah. They're they got them listed here as uh, they got them listed at six four two sixty five, and they got Larry Cole listed at six five uh-huh. two fifty. Uh huh. Yeah, Larry Cole, I didn't realize he was 6'5. That's a that's a that's a pretty you know that's a good sized guy for back then. Yeah. In 69, Mark, Play first round 50. pick. You'll know who that is. Calvin Hill. Yes, sir. Calvin Hill, yep. right? Yeah, I, I, you'll know where he came from, too, yeah.
2: From Yale.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That not, was uh not not too many, not too many. Were, no
2: We're drafting people from
3: Yale no, nor any 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 Ivy League school, I don't think mark right?
2: no, no. nobody was driven from the Ivy League schools.
3: you know it, it's I you, know. You, you know you look at this mark and you look at 69 and 70 they drafted that would be unheard of today. They draft two running backs back to back in the first round. Calvin Hill in sixty-nine and then you know who in, 60, in seventy.
2: Yep. Dwayne, Dwayne Thomas.
3: Mm-hmm. Dwayne Imagine two number Dwayne one Thomas. spending two number one picks at running back position. Like today. They would they you know, today they a running back is almost like they, they go, well, you know, we can pick up a running back and they're almost like uh disposable today in today's game. Um, but yeah. back then, I mean, Calvin Hill was, I mean, I forgot what he, I forgot how, I forgot his totals in his rookie year. I, I forgot exactly what he compiled. But, but the way I thought, I you know, looking was, at the two guys now, I think you'll probably agree yeah. with me. I thought Dwayne Thomas was the better running back of the two. Well,
2: the problem with Calvin Hill is he's injury prone. Calvin Hill was injury prone. Uh... He was tremendous, tremendous athletic ability. Remember how he used to jump over? He used to hurdle over tacklers.
3: Yep. Hill.
2: He got injured a lot.
3: Yes, he did. And, and uh, yeah. he was a big guy, though, for that time. You know, he was six. They got him listed. He was six foot three, 230 pounds. There were, there were hardly any running backs of that size back then, Any any of them.
2: No. No, he was leaping over tacklers, and he was the first Dallas cowboy to gain over a thousand yards rushing
3: that's right mark and and how about the way he held that ball when he would run? Yeah. that's right <laughs> right that could have you know, Landry was yeah. a stickler for those kinds of things. He couldn't have liked that very much Landry the way he was holding that ball, no. I, you know? I'm sure he didn't. He had it out in the. He would run with it out hand like he was palming a basketball, and he would just have it. He yeah. was never it was never tucked in until a contact was made. But he, when he was out there running on the open, he had the thing out for you know for grabs. It was yeah. it was kind of crazy.
2: and He fumbled. <clears throat> he fumbled in the Super Bowl against Miami. Yep would It would have been 31-3. That's right. I think they were on the, the one-yard line. He, he jumped up to go across the goal, and they punched the ball out of Like he said, he didn't hold that ball good. They punched the ball out. You
3: know what it I remember about that? That's right, 31-3. <laughs> to three. I remember about that fumble play, Mark. My Uncle Jerry, who was my, actually my great-uncle, he come up. He watched football. He was not even in my father's side. He was on my mother's side of the family, but he never missed a oh. weekend. He come up for Monday night football, and at the time he had to be in his right. probably. I'd say he was in his seventies, and so his he was yeah. a big, huge Bear fan. He loved George Hallis. He loved the Bears. He, he was always talking about Gail Sayers and and when that I'll never forget it. He said they're going to give the ball to Calvin Hill and he's going to fumble. I'll never forget that play. Uncle, <laughs> oh, and that's exactly what happened. Me as kids, we talked about yeah. that for the next five years, me and my buddies. He
2: <laughs> predicted it.
3: He predicted it. Yeah. He predicted it. Um and that other so a few more guys from that 70 draft, uh, uh Mark Charlie Waters.
2: Oh, tremendous draft. Cliff Harris.
3: Cliff right? Harris, right? Uh, Cliff Harris oh, yeah. actually was a free agent. That's right. Was not drafted. So I'm looking at it. You know who they did draft, Mark? And I, I wasn't aware of this. And you'll remember him because you, you're you very good with that. Pete Athos.
2: That's right. Pete Athos went on to play for the Giants. <laughs> I think they, had, they drafted uh, – that seventy draft, they had a lot of athletes. Uh Richmond Flowers, I think.
3: Yes, sir. you he in that? Oh,
2: uh, um, Steve Kiner.
3: Yes, he was Steve Kiner.
2: Steve Kiner was a linebacker. He he was a good player, uh, Steve Kiner, but uh, he 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 was a a doper. He liked to, he liked to smoke the dope. And uh, oh, and, uh,
3: there's a couple liked- more guys. Couple more guys in that 70 uh, draft, Mark. John Fitzgerald. Oh,
2: yeah. 1970 uh, was a tremendous, uh, tremendous draft.
3: Yeah, Steve Kiner out of Tennessee. John Fitzgerald and Pat Tumay, Mark. Whoa, another one. How about it that? And Mark, was- Mark
2: Washington, Mark. Oh, that might have been their best year ever.
3: You think. Let me ask you about that. Do you? Some people say it was the '75 draft, which we're going to get to in a minute. Some people think the '63 draft. Just be. I mean, '64. Just because of Staubach, Renfro, and Hayes. I mean, how do you? How do you? How do you? You know, which one do you? I mean, how do you? How do you balance that out? Like,
2: yeah, all Hall of Fame, all three All of Fame, '64 that's a tremendous year 64 70 75 and of course the big pick in 70 was Dwayne
3: Thomas, right I tell you he could have been a, if he if he had his head yeah. screwed on straight that guy could have been one of the best running backs of his era maybe even the best i re, i thought he was yeah. that good
2: oh he was that good me and my brother talk about him all the time the talent that guy had unbelievable
3: even Bob Lilly said it. He said he was the closest thing he had ever seen to Jim Brown. Lilly. That's right.
2: Yep. And, uh, you know, you forget. It's easy to criticize him, but you forget. <clears throat> You're talking about a you know, 22, 23-year-old kid, and he was, he was not getting good advice from the people he was getting advice from. He wasn't getting good advice. No. You know. I mean the the Cowboys were known not to not to pay their players <coughs> very well. They were known not to play their pay their players very well, and so he wanted to renegotiate his contract after his rookie season. And they Tex Schramm was in charge of the contracts. He said no, no, and uh, you know. It, it they could have they could have done something for him, you know
3: so wasn't uh, there, the blame wasn't there a story yeah. mark about uh, wasn't there a story about Staubach trying to get into the office when he was renegotiating the contract and he was waiting and waiting and he went outside like on a ledge or something and trying trying to come in so he oh. said it was like,, so you know it was crazy the story, I think. And he said, text Ram, you know, I didn't have an agent back then. He goes, I'm not saying that that's a good thing, he goes, but we, we just didn't have agents, and, you know, we negotiated our own contracts, and all the star players were underplayed, the two biggest, and yeah. Staubach, and they were even underpaid.
2: Yeah. Yep. Tex Graham was, uh, was tight, <clears throat> tight with the money. But uh, Dwayne Thomas, you know, There's enough blame there to go around, but, you know, he just – he handled it the wrong way. You know, they told him they wouldn't renegotiate his contract. He he was young. He handled it the wrong way. He got a lot of bad advice and uh, career, you know, what a career he could have had.
3: He tells a story, Mark, about being underpaid, just what you're talking about, exactly what you're saying. And he says that he knew a guy named Don Parrish who played for the Cardinals – and right. he said that Don Parrish got most valuable player on his team. He got $25,000. Dwayne Thomas was making 20000 back then, and he got most valuable. He got rookie of the year in the league. That's right. Don Parrish got rookie of the year on his team, and he got more than his entire salary. That was one of his big gripes, and then he couldn't get over that. He never huh? got over that.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a shame because – could have had an amazing career.
3: He was he was a he was a tremendous just he the way his running style everything about it he could block he he the Landry claimed yeah. he never missed an assignment and he could he could catch yeah. he had great hands.
2: Yeah, he could do it all. He could do it all. He had all the tools and.
3: 71, Mark. I'm I'm looking at the 71 draft. Kind of a lousy draft. The only guy really had Toby Smith. Uh, They thought he was the the brother of uh, Bubba Smith. That's right. And they picked him up in the first round, if you could believe. He never really panned out. Yeah. And the only other guy worth mentioning, Mark, really is Bill Gregory. Uh, They picked him up in the third. They had two picks in the third round. They picked him up, Bill Gregory.
2: Gregory was uh, good because he could fill in anytime someone went down with an injury. They they put Bill Gregory in there and they they weren't losing much with him. No, he was a very good uh, player. No, tremendous backup player.
3: Yep. Yeah. Um, uh,
2: going back, to the 70, going back at seventy, you know, Cliff Harris and Charlie Waters and. And those guys wound up best buddies. Yes, and, uh, they they got to the they said they got to the point where they knew what the they knew what the other guy was thinking. They didn't even have to talk. They knew what the other guy was thinking.
3: Yes, they made a great uh, team. Yeah, um, they, so have they have a book. I think they even worked together, Mark. Later on, after football. That's right yep and there's that little book you have that book on them there's a book on the two of them
2: yeah the cover the cover has them sitting on their helmet right yeah you're right yeah sitting on the helmet
3: <clears throat> I mean it's and uh they made it quite they a were work. great
2: quite a tandem they made
3: they had a couple of uh yeah. Some of their first-round picks started to get a little sketchy about this time. They drafted a guy in 72, yeah. Bill Thomas. Um, uh-huh. He wasn't – but they picked up a couple of guys in that 72 draft that became good contributors, Robert Newhouse and Gene Fugit in yeah. the 13th round, Gene Fugit. How about that?
2: Yeah, he was good.
3: You know, I, I know they I traded mean, I know him to the Redskins, but uh, –
2: yeah, I think that was another contract dispute.
3: It, it could have been. There was a – Gene Fugate was, so a- uh, yeah, no, was, was so good that – Go ahead,
2: No, I was just going to say, Gene Fugit was so good that Billy Joe Dupree was second string.
3: When yes, he was. was. Yes, he was, because he came in in the next round. Funny you bring him up. Billy Joe Dupree came in in 73 with a first-round pick, by the way. Yeah. Um, that was a pretty good draft, Mark. Looking at that draft, Billy uh, Billy Joe Dupree followed by Golden Richards in the second round. Um, they traded a pick. They traded. They had an extra second-round pick. They traded away okay. for Jack uh, for Jack concannon Remember they signed him as a backup? Yeah. Yeah. And um and yeah. In the third round and they the picked up Harvey Martin. Yes, exactly. So, so they had
2: Martin, Newhouse, and Billy Oh no Newhouse was 72, right?
3: Yes, he was seventy-two with, with uh fugit, and then they pick up Billy Joe Dupree, Golden Richards, and Harvey Martin in 73. So they also picked up as another side note, people sometimes people forget about this. They picked up Bruce Walton. It was Bill Walton's brother. That's basketball right. Basketball player. Up,
2: uh, yeah, he was a backup offensive lineman. There you go. And then, uh, of course, 73 was the uh, the free agent. You know who I'm talking about.
3: 73? Yeah, um, yeah. Free agent. Who was that, Mark? Remind me. Uh, he played football in New Jersey, high school football.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: with, oh, with Joe oh, uh,
3: D- Drew Pearson, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah he was a free agent. Now Imagine that you, the you know, you forget about the, you forget. It's amazing, you know. Like think of these guys, these free agents we're talking about. There's two hall of famers right there, Cliff Harris and and Drew Pearson yeah. guys. Guys never played football, and you could go back and make a claim. For Cornell Green being very, very good. There's, you know, those yeah. three guys we just talked about. That's right. You know, unbelievable. Um, they in '74. Of course, that first pick was Ed Tall yeah. Jones, which was kind of that was kind of the that was kind of a what do you what do you remember about that pick, Mark? That you know, Ed Jones in the first round. Well, they
2: they uh. They really needed they you know like I say they didn't really draft by position, but uh, defensive end they were they were uh, they you know Andre had retired, uh, Pat Toume I think there was uh, some issue he was good Pat Toume but they I think they had uh, some contract problems with him too. It's so sure. he he eventually went to the Raiders I think. That's right, Buffalo. He played for Buffalo. He played for the Raiders. That's right. So they really needed a, a defensive end. They really needed a defensive end. And uh, I couldn't believe when I heard how tall he was. <laughs> Six foot nine.
3: It was, was unheard of. I think you can make a case for Ed Jones for the Hall of Fame. I, I really do. I mean, he, he was tremendous against the run. As well as the pain, he was a great run defender. One of the best that ever played that position, and he batted down. There was a six-year span where the guy batted down sixty-five passes at Jones. Wow.
2: That's a lot. That's a tremendous
3: amount. You know, um, other notables in that draft marker. They picked up Charles Young. Remember him? Yeah, running back. Yep, number thirty. Yes, right. And really, the only other notable really out of that draft was Danny White. They picked up Danny White in the third round.
2: He was playing in
3: the WFO, right? He he did, yeah. That was another thing. Guys were going to play in that crazy league. That's right. Um, a lot of big-time stars went to that league. Uh, remember he- I, I did, Didn't Zonka and go.
2: Zonka, Kick, Warfield, Uh, Darryl LaMonica.
3: Yes, I forgot about LaMonica. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of guys went to that league. How about the... uh... Yeah. How about the 75 draft, the one that now people talk about could have been their best ever? They had, you know that, they had the dozen guys that made it as rookies, but out of those dozen guys, Mark, one, um, I think at one time, uh, looking at them here, I think at one time or another, not all of them, no, not Wolseley, but other than other than Raleigh Wolseley, um, I think just about all of them started at one point or another. Eleven out of twelve started were starters. Yeah, I could believe it. I'm, I don't. There's. I least. mean. At least six of those twelve
2: went on to become All Pro or Pro Bowl. Right, they got Pat Donovan. That's right. Was Herb Herb Scott was in there, right?
3: Herb Scott, thirteenth round pick. Imagine that.
2: Herb Scott, Pat Donovan, Henderson, of course, was in there, right? It was great. Here's another one. Like, he was
3: great. Yeah. Like I used to tell Summers, he was on dope. But he was a he was a listen, he was a he was a, he was a he was a phenol- he look, he was he could have he could have been he would have been in the Hall of Fame, I'm convinced oh, yeah. of
2: it. Him and Dwayne Thomas. Unbelievable, just natural athletic ability. Just totally natural, God given athletic ability. Those two guys, Thomas Anderson, Dwayne Thomas.
3: They both had problems. You know, it's a shame. Was Burton Lawless? Was Burton Lawless yes. Mark a starter at yes, one point? Yes, he was.
2: Yep. Burton Lawless, number sixty-six. Yep, he was a starter.
3: Yep. And uh, Kyle Davis was in there. Randy Hughes, there was another very, very good player. Yep.
2: He was a uh, defensive back, right? Safety.
3: Yeah, what happened to him, Mark? Yeah, what happened to him? He
2: he couldn't get in there because Harrison Waters, you know, he couldn't become a starter. But he he still played a lot, even though he wasn't a starter. He had a great Super Bowl against the Broncos, remember? He had a tremendous – he was a real hard yeah. hitter, Mark. And then they fought, and he was tall. I think he was about six four. And then yes, uh, was. Cliff Harris retired after the seventy nine season, and uh, so uh, Randy Hughes finally got his chance to become a starter, and then uh, he tore up his shoulder. Yes, he tore up his shoulder.
3: Yeah. That's what it was, and never really. That's what it never was. never really
2: fully recovered from it. He finally got his chance. And then he tore up his shoulder.
3: <clears throat> the last, the lowest guy on that list, the last pick at 14 was Scott Laidlaw. Scott Laidlaw was
2: another tremendous player. And, and every time uh, Newhouse got injured, they put Laidlaw in
3: there. And he was just as good. And he, he was a good uh, blocker. I thought I thought he was I thought he was a better blocker yeah, than the Newhouse. Tremendous blocker,
2: tremendous blocker. I think it was Super Bowl thirteen, where he he uh, he put his helmet in Jack Lambert's chest. I think it was a blitz. I think Lambert was blitzing, and Laidlaw put his helmet Jack- right in his chest, and he had to go out of the game for a couple of plays. He knocked, the, he knocked the wind out of him.
3: That's right. That's right. That was the Jackie Smith catch he did it on. That's right. Yeah. Believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Laidlaw. And I yeah.
2: remember Laidlaw had a big game, uh, a Thanksgiving game against the Redskins. He had a career game. Really? Day, uh, I think it was 1978. 1978, they played the Redskins. On Thanksgiving, a new house was injured. They put Layla on.
3: Imagine that. He
2: had about a hundred and sixty yards in that game. They couldn't
3: stop him. That's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, they went uh you know well, the next the, the next biggest player they drafted after that was Dorset in 77. Right. And they picked up Dorset oh. and Tony Hill both. In the 77 draft, Uh, Tony Hill in the third round. I guess
2: we don't – we kind of skipped over him, but there's not really much to say that hasn't already been said. And that 75 draft, of course, was Randy White.
3: We did skip over him, but we've talked about him over the – he was the – look, like I said, one of the greatest defensive tackles ever to play the game. You know? And they picked them up from the Giants. I mean, they they got an extra pick for the Craig Morton. Like I used to say to Steve Summers, they traded Morton. The guy was a stiff, and they got Randy White for him. It was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, he was he was he was one of the best ever. He really was. They I I was listening to a uh, I think it was. Uh...
1: This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, Here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network.